0: Welcome to She Brigade the Podcast. I am your host, Billund On this podcast, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come and share their life and career journeys with you. From entrepreneurs to nine to fivers, join us as each guest takes you through all of the highs and all of the lows of their journeys that have led them to being who they are today. hello brigade and welcome to another episode of she brigade if you're new here welcome and i hope you come back for more episodes if you're a returning brigader welcome back remember guys if you like this episode please share it with a friend or share it on social media and tag us at she brigade on all platforms also don't forget to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice and subscribe to our newsletter the details in the episode show notes okay so let's get into today's episode Our guest for today is Tandi Nyati. Tandi is the product policy manager at TikTok. Like, yes, the TikTok. Prior to this, she worked at Facebook. Tune in to hear how the Zimbabwean-born policymaker found her way to a career in tech in the tech hub that is Dublin. Let's dive in. Okay, hey, Tandi, and welcome to the
1: podcast. Hi! Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited
0: me. to have you on here, and I cannot wait to get into your story.
1: I'm excited too. A little bit nervous, but um, <laughs> we'll get into it. Maybe I should have had a
0: okay. on the side. <laughs> <Bad> <laughs> that idea. doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> okay. So, so on this podcast, we'd like to start all the way from the beginning. So take us all the way back to you. What, what was your childhood like? What was it like growing up? Um, Primary school, high school, yeah, all of that.
1: Whew, primary school and high school. Okay, um, I'll go back as far as I can remember. Um, so I, I am. Bo- I was born in Zim. I was born in Blawayo. and I have kind of moved around. To be honest, like my my childhood has kind of dotted around in a lot of places. So from, I'd say from one to four, I think I stayed in the same city. So where I was born and. I started, uh, believe it or not, boarding school, um, preschool. Mm. And, Mm. um, yeah. So early. So early. (laughs) So my mom is a nurse and my mom is a single mom, right? So um, obviously she had, like, support. My family was close by and everything like that, you know, with Mm. uncles, aunts, grandma. You know how they say it takes a village. The village was very close. So... um, you know i started uh, in preschool cuz my mom used to be a community nurse so she would travel around um in different towns different cities um you know basically working hands on in the community so i she couldn't really take me with her you know and also i was relatively mm. young and at that point you're starting school so she put me in a um boarding school in baliyo for, for preschool i i mean i remember very little about my boarding school life maybe like my fifth birthday and the fact that they used to serve this tomato soup that I really hated for a long time. I hated tomatoes. Now (laughs) it's fine. You know, um, and then after that primary school, I went to my, my first grade was in a city called Plumtree in Zim. It kind of borders Francistown, Botswana. So my dad is from Botswana and he lives in Francistown. And so we lived in Plumtree for a while um, for that one year. And I was actually going to school and coming back home. Don't know why it didn't make sense that they didn't have, Boarding school for grade one, but you know, they did for preschool and it didn't really make sense. But um, <laughs> then it did, you know, my grade one there in Plumtree, good vibes, all fine. And then grade two, we moved. uh went to a city called Mutare. My mom was now working in Mutare. And it was a Shona speaking school. So I don't know if people know a lot about like how. Zim is divided. You know, you have Zim, you have. I mean, so many different ethnic groups. But the most commonly known are Ndebele and Shona's. So, and also there's a bit of a geographic okay. division as well. So we moved from I guess Mathebula land to Mashonaland, land, where I lived entire with my mom. And for like three years, I was in school there, also boarding school. And then after that, moved to Gwanda. So my mom actually moved to the UK. At the same time as about twenty fourteen, I think. Um, no, sorry, two thousand not four no, and twenty fourteen. Um, so she she was moving to the UK. She yeah. got a job and everything, you know, about to um, start a new life here in Europe. So she kind of went ahead to you know get herself settled and everything before i could join her so i was still in uh, so i stayed in school for maybe like another year and a half to two years before i joined her and at that time i was in another boarding school in Mm -hmm. Gwanda where my grandparents were kind of mostly close by that's where my mom was from so my grandparents would come and visit from time to time um but my primary guardian was my uncle and my aunt and i lived with them and their two kids for a while but obviously like um People just used to, you, you know, mix and mingle during the holidays. Everybody's around. So guardianship was really during that time. Um, otherwise, yeah, that was my primary school life. I know it's already kind of <laughs> halfway through and I'm still in primary school. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> then after that, I moved and joined my mom in the UK. And my secondary life, my secondary school life started there. Um, only went to two different secondary schools, uh, one in the north of the UK and then down south where we ended up staying for um actually we're still now in the same house that we've been in since 2009 um so yeah and then I did my secondary school did my um college um there I don't know if you want me to go into detail about that now but I can kind of go with your questions later on on like um you know what I did at uni but um I finished university started did a couple of jobs and then I moved to Ireland in 2017 and that's where I am now.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. So <laughs> there's a lot I want to ask you. <laughs> okay. I just want to know what do you think? Um what do you think the impact was like of you moving around or or what or what skills did it instill in you that you're using today? Like that movement. Oh at such a young age.
1: god, so many. I see some of these things cropping up from time to time now in my adult life, which is scary. Um I think, uh, so maybe from, uh, I'll separate it. So, like, I'll do uh, personally and then maybe, like, career-wise. I I think Mm. from, in my professional life, I see that I'm I'm generally a go-getter. Like, I, I don't mind moving around. If there's a good opportunity somewhere and I know it's right for me and it means moving, I've never been the type of person who thinks about, oh, I'll get homesick. And sometimes I feel so guilty about that, right? Like mm. I, I kind of grew up in a way where it's like a home wasn't really f- a physical location. So I'm more than happy to move around. Mm. Um, and I've never really felt, yeah. um, I guess, scared about that, trying new cities. And, and I even like now in my in my own personal time, like I love traveling. Um, so, and right now in the pandemic, so, you know, I can imagine I'm <laughs> suffering. People can understand. Mm. In a way. Like, you know, that, that, that must suck. Of- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, you know, it's that, that that the I guess the the fun that I get from that hobby for me is kind of missing right now so sometimes it kind of jolts you a little bit and you're like oh okay who am I outside of mm. this you know um but then I say also in my personal life what I've noticed is I think I'm I think I generally find it easy to connect with people from many different um kind of walks of life because I was in different environments growing up. So I think from um, very early on being a child, I kind of uh, understood that a lot of people come with their own sort of, you know, lived experiences that also affect how they show mm. up. You know, being in boarding school, I mean, yeah, we're all living in the same environment, but ultimately when we part ways, you know, like everyone is going to a very different reality to what it's like in school. Some people are coming from wealthy family backgrounds and some people not so much and all of this, but, you know, it was an equalizer in a way, being in that yeah. environment. But you, I, I think I learned very quickly not to... um I mean, obviously sometimes I may fall short, but to, to make presumptions about someone's experience and what they bring to the table, you know? So I think that that's how Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm. it's, it's generally affected me. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I feel like there's always a lesson to be learned in everything that we go through. So that's, that's kind of where the question came from. So when you were younger, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? What, What did you want to become?
1: um <laughs> i thought i was gonna <laughs> end up being a doctor but i felt like that's also just because of this ah. cultural thing right of like african parents yes, have, yes. It, have an expectation of certain careers that are considered viable you know when you kind of deviate yes. from that it's a little bit scarier thing for them um based obviously on their experiences you know growing up so i I genuinely thought that I was going to be a doctor or something uh, in the medical field. And um, then at some point it changed. And then I thought, Oh, I think I want to be a judge. So yeah. But I made that change very late um, in my life that, that thought process of, okay, now you yeah. really make a choice. You can't be, you know, yeah, maybe this, maybe that, cause all oh, this sounds good, but really what are you cut out for? You know?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Like you said, your mom's a nurse. My mom, my mom's a nurse. And I totally understand like as well, like trying to go that traditional route. And also there's the fact that it's just black parents. I think it's just a thing. It is. (laughs) Like it's medicine or law or engineering or something along those lines, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. So how did you, What? so so now you went to college and what, so like, like how did you decide what you were going to study and what path you were going to take?
1: So you know it's actually funny because um so when I was in in, in sixth form which is kind of like our last or uh, you know year of high school before you you go into university at that point you kind of have to start specializing in something right so we we in mm. the UK we have a system where you pick four subjects generally at your first year of A level and then in your second year some people will traditionally drop one um and then they will focus on the three because that's what you need I guess to to build up your points for university you just need to do the three subjects and some people would obviously do four and other extracurriculars but um at that point it's like you can't do everything you know maybe you want to do art you want to do history mm-hmm. and you want to do chemistry and at some point it's like you this is not really you know and I found so for me at that point this is when I had to start thinking about it um I was doing chemistry, biology, history, and English literature. So I picked two sciences, two arts. The two sciences were really just to appease my mom because she really wanted me to go into medicine. And then (laughs) arts were because those were things that I didn't like history. I hated history, but I I did history because it was notoriously known as a subject that you need to do if you want to do law. And then English literature was the one that I really Mm. actually enjoyed. And it was like, okay, reading, I'm going to be doing this as a job. It kind of made sense to me at the time. I don't know if this was the right. but you know um and i used to just have cognitive dissonance i remember just walking out of a chemistry lesson to sit and listen to things about the Tudors and the russian revolution and it's just like and i remember just stressed i was just stressed by moving between those things and then eventually i had to say to my mom okay so listen i'm now going to my second year of a level i need to drop a subject and i don't want to drop an art i want to drop a science so i dropped biology And that was a discussion in our household (laughs) of, you know, um, are you sure you want to do this? Medicine has, you know, um, security. I think that's the bigger thing. They say medicine is security. You can work anywhere, you can be employed anywhere. And, at that point, that's when I was like, yeah, okay, well, no, um, this is really not for me. I want to go into law. And it seemed like a palatable enough change that it was like, okay, fine. Law, law still makes sense. You're not going out there to be I um, I don't know, a, a freelance something or an artist, you know, because that, 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 that's a harder <laughs> conversation <laughs> to have. Because then it's like, okay, so where do you work? And it's like, I, where have I am yeah. working that week? You know, that, that kind of didn't really make sense as a conversation in a house. So I was just like, okay, you know what? No. Um, so I ended up going with law uh and but I applied for biomedical sciences and law when I was applying to four universities. So even though I knew okay. I wanted law, it was kind of like easing my mom into that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, let's see, let's see what yeah, we can do. Yeah. But I also enjoyed chemistry, but I just knew I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. So
0: that's yeah, kinda helpful. and how was how was your your college experience?
1: Um, mm. I don't know if my college experience, I don't think was this was as traditional as maybe it is for, for a lot of people. I went to university that kind of specialized in, um, a lot of, I guess what you call them as, uh, I guess this, they call it professional or was it, uh, I'm trying to find the right word for it, but it, it was basically accounting business, um, law and, um, um, oh. You know, like nothing, we didn't have arts uh, in the sense of music or so like my the people that I was exposed to are kind of people that were in the same sort of, you know, path in life. I Mm. I don't think I got the same exposure as a lot of people do benefit from in being in university with people who think very differently to you, even if you're not in the same classes, but you're in the same environment. And I feel like there's something to benefit from that Mm. that I didn't really get but um and i was also in a city which was very you know focused on people's professional lives i was in london you know it, 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 london people really focus a lot on work 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 so I was sort of in the right, in the middle of that, and it was good in the sense of you know, picturing where I want to be and what I want to do with my degree. I'm surrounded by people who do this every day, or my way to work and whatever else. And I'm just looking at somebody like that's going to be me soon, you know, in that dress and those heels, going to work. So it was nice for that purpose, but I do feel like I maybe missed out on something, or uh, being to you know that that you can benefit from being around people who think very differently or pursuing very different things in life to you. But I enjoyed it overall, though. Um, this mm. is not to complain. I, I think I, I enjoyed my time in university, but I do now, in hindsight, look and say, yeah. mm, I wonder how different it would have be if I'd gone to a traditional university.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that that makes sense. So, okay. So you finished varsity, and what was your first job? Like, yeah.
1: Um. So <laughs> I finished my undergrad, and then six days later, I started my postgrad um so and that that huh? time was my first Yeah, <laughs> There was like there was six a delayed days. reaction I'm like wait what <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I finished uh my last set of exams everything was great good and then six days later um I was starting my postgrad because I was already sure like okay this is what I want to do so this is the next step it's it just only makes sense mm. you know and um I did my first semester. And then at the end of my first semester, literally my last day, unfortunately, um, my sister was in a in a car accident. So experienced a tragedy in the family. So I kind of put off school for a while. And in that time, because I just couldn't do my exams and what I just wasn't in the right frame of mind to kind of carry on. So in that point in time, mm. I just took a break. And when I took that break, that's when I started my first job. So I didn't want to just be at home doing nothing. I didn't okay. want to be idle. I wanted to, to be doing something. But I couldn't. Um, I just knew I wouldn't. I wouldn't do well, especially something I'm going to be graded on. So I just figured that. So that's something to wait on. And when I when I was kind of working then, I started. Um, I started in a law firm. I guess it, you can call it. It's kind of like a conveyancing firm, and it was working on conveyancing cases and remortgaging, transferring equity and property. It was just sort of like a a foot in the door you know so to speak of if I can't be in school and maybe mm, learning mm. some skills that I'm gonna need down the line and understanding the industry and that was my first job and it paid little to nothing but I remember I used to get up <laughs> like seven to seven working at work you know just to be like okay I'm, I'm learning something and it's great and you know and at that point you're so eager you know it's just like it's experience no. it's so hard to get legal yeah. experience so it's like if I can get it, I'm just, then I just do wherever, wherever I can. And no matter how miserable and I'll just learn. There'll be something I learn. And it was, yeah, I made good friends mm-hmm. there. Which I also still, a lot of them I still talk to to this day. So it was <laughs> a good
0: benefit. Nice. Okay. And okay. So right now you are the product policy manager at yeah. TikTok. Yes. Firstly, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> And then secondly, how did you get to that?
1: <laughs> um, so I I feel like um my career in tech, one, I feel like it's a combination of a few things. I think one, I stumbled into it. Um, yeah, because it's so different from where you were, right? Very different. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe my role now is not too, too different because there's so many people who have the same background, right, of law and whatever my oh. role I do now. But my first role in tech was working in an operations team um and fun fact I actually worked in the same team that Teddy was in but she had just moved Ah. moved and I I took um what was effectively the opening from 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 her moving into another team so um this was in Facebook I was still in oh that's cool yeah so I was still in the UK at the time that I was kind of found for that role and I was trying to make a lot of changes, like mostly personally, you know, moving away from home and whatever else. And I had started a role maybe not, not more than six to seven months before that with a property firm in the UK, so in compliance. And I really liked my job there, really enjoyed it. And then I kind of got an email in my inbox saying, hey, so there's a recruiter who wants to get in touch about a role. And I was like, okay. And Actually, my aunt motivated me to apply for it. Because at first I thought it was a scam. I was like, okay, first of all, who even works at Facebook? Like, is an <laughs> app, <laughs> you know? and like people like, actually work at Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and then also on top of that, it said Ireland. And I'm like, okay, so you're not about to traffic me and send me to a country under those pretenses of this job, you know? <laughs> and I yes, answer. right? That's a real thing. Yeah, and I was like, okay, let me just entertain the conversation. Let's see. I mean, worst comes to worst, like it's it's not going to work out, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I entertained the conversation. We kept going back and forth. She's like, okay, so you sent me a CV. And I was like, cool. And then I started, you know, doing research online. And I'm like, yo, there's actually people that work here. Okay, so that's interesting you know and then before I knew it I got the role and then it was like okay now it's time to uproot your entire life from the UK and let's move you to Ireland and I'd only been to Ireland like once before and the, the mm. parts of Ireland that I'd been to in the country so I had never seen Dublin I didn't know what it was like And I remember sitting on the plane and it was about to take off and I was just like oh my god the one thing I didn't do was to google what this place looks like when I arrived like I don't know what Dublin looks like I've never been there and I, oh. I didn't even you know, is. so now I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, okay, well, we'll find out when we get there. You know, now it's time to turn my phone off because we're about to take off, and it is what it is at this point. There's you know, no return. What comes to us, I just wake <laughs> and come back home. Yeah, but and then I, <laughs> I arrived in Dublin, and um, I like to say that Dublin fooled me. My first day it was so sunny here. Um, when I arrived, I was just like, oh, like it's so bright, nice? <laughs> it's cheery, and then before I knew it, I was vitamin D deficient. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that's kind of how I got my first role. I stayed in that role for two years and eight months. So I actually just left only in June of 2020 last year. So during the pandemic Um, and the same thing Mm. happened with this role, a recruiter just ended up in my inbox and I was like, okay, they're like, Hey, so we're hiring for TikTok and we think it might be really good for this role. And I was like, Oh, all right, let's see what this is about. And at the same time, I was interviewing for exactly the same role um, in Facebook. So I wanted to, to move into policy because I was in an oh. ops, team, and I was enjoying the work in the ops team. But you know, I was just like, okay, what I ve- this feels more close to what I really wanted to do. I feel like I'd be using my educational background in law, and you know, the, the role was on drafting policies, our con- the content policies or community guidelines, as most people would know them. Um, so oh, okay, I interviewed for that role and then I got the role, same thing, TikTok. I was interviewing for the same role, and I don't know how it happened for them to be in tandem with each other, it's kind of just coincidental, and then same thing, they came back, and then uh after I accepted the role in Facebook, then TikTok also then gave me the offer. So I was like, Okay, now what do I do? <laughs> Um, it came with tears, real tears. That's the first time I'd ever cried in my life because of work, Whoa. like as in, you know, and it came with genuine real tears of, I don't know what to do. And um, and part of it was also crying, just feeling unworthy um, of being in that position of one, you know, we were now in the middle of a pandemic and I knew that there's so many mm. people- were in you know more difficult positions they didn't have a, a job and it just felt mm. it was overwhelming it was overwhelming to feel like why me you know um and then mm. and I don't want to and this is not a woe is me situation but it was just you know I just wasn't prepared for that it was just so coincidental and it's it felt like I wish me t- turning one down meant that you know someone else also gets an opportunity who doesn't already have one so, I don't know. Um, in any case, I, I ended up saying, thinking, uh, okay, I'll just take TikTok because it felt like the stage at which the company is in, the policies, i have be doing a little bit more of like policy development as opposed to sort of refining policies. I feel like with Facebook, the policies are a little bit more robust already. And they've.
0: Been, yes, they're already there, they're in place. Exactly. So, you know, just yes.
1: how much you can kind of get to work on and just you know, I felt like it would be slightly different for, for TikTok. So that's kind of how I made my decision was, okay, let me see um, what this is like in, in the same. I mean, the environment is pretty much the same, but it's just the the work in itself is, is a little different, you know. So, mm. yeah, that's kind of how I ended up in my role now. And I'm nine months in and I really enjoy it. And I still get to do my job specifically for the region of sub-Saharan Africa, which is obviously so dear to me. Um so I, I like that and that that's the best part of my job I'd say. Um and it, it it's the cherry on top is just the fact that I get to do what I trained to do initially, you know, just writing policies and yeah. So that that's kinda how I got here. I'm sorry, that was so long winded. <laughs> no,
0: no, I, I loved it. What's it like working at TikTok? I, I imagine TikTok is like like the app itself (laughs) like people dancing everywhere (laughs) Uh, i know it's not but like what is it actually like working there
1: (laughs) oh i mean in a way yes like people kind of really embody the spirit of what you see on the app in my opinion really Um, i I think so yeah i mean obviously people aren't dancing everywhere but everyone is yes of course (laughs) right now um but you know uh i haven't i haven't seen what the atmosphere is like with being in the office because i think from my experience in facebook a a big part of it is the culture within with like the physical culture within the office right and your environment also contributes a lot to what it means to work there um i imagine it would be the same thing with tiktok because it's also again a place where where people are you know how you have to be creative whatever you do in your role there's an Mm -hmm. element of creativity that comes with it because that's the nature of the app i mean i i really like it um you know, I feel like, especially in the current situation, you can only just do so much virtually. And I feel like there's been a lot of like pushing the for mm-hmm. How can we get people just to feel part of this, um, you know, environment and to have some uniformity, even though people are working in different places. And I feel like generally mm. I enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, question. So I also started a new job during the pandemic, like June 2020. I started a new job. I've never met my colleagues. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Never yeah. met my colleagues. I've never been to the office. So I was I'm now I'm curious to you know, have you been to the office? Have you met your colleagues? What is what is starting a new job during a pandemic really felt like?
1: Um so okay, to answer the easier ones first, so have I met my <laughs> colleagues? Some of them, I have. Um so I met a few of them. Have I have been to where our office was at the time? I'm not sure if we're going to be back to the same place because you know the, the company mm. just keeps growing. So, um, I have seen the building before, but I haven't actually seen the inside of where people were working. I kind of just went into the reception area to pick up my you know tech equipment and whatever to come back home, but I didn't really see the insides of the building at that point in time. But, um. The other thing, of what is it like to start the role in a pandemic? It is tough. Um, You know, there's, it can. There's a few things that carried me, just because I understood some elements of like training. You know, when you go through training, and you, it's like, okay, this is kind of similar to what I did before. So that that kind of helps to make you feel like, okay, you can understand what's going on. But ultimately, it's still a different place, mm-hmm. and some things, most of the things, are going to be very different. And that bit is quite a challenge, you know, when you can't sort of tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, look, I'm just looking at this and this is not really making sense to me. You know, you need to go through the point of like making a meeting, you know, arrangement and like, OK, we'll sit and we'll talk uh, during. And it starts to feel formal. And I think that's the only thing that's missing with a virtual You can't, it's it's hard Mm. to build like meaningful relationships on a one-to-one with people in your team because you don't have the benefit of the chat to the coffee machine or the water cooler. So that's how it's been, you know, a little bit tough. But I feel like with all the other things, you know, people really do make an effort to kind of do like, you know, chit chats here and there, just take a coffee. And even if you have to schedule Mm. it, it it helps. But nothing beats face-to-face in my opinion. You know, I miss that yeah
0: (laughs) and and tech is such a collaborative environment that it must be so difficult because i also work in tech and it like everything flows easier when someone is literally right here next to you
1: yeah i feel Mm. that that's a bigger part of it like it's so strange because now i feel like when i look at my calendar sometimes it's so overwhelming because you have to find a way to you know okay this is just a one-to-one it's okay or this is just a a chat which is informal that's fine because sometimes it starts to feel like whoa this is a level of focus that has to go in today and you start to feel overwhelmed before you go into the, you know, into the workday, so to speak.
0: Mm. Mm. Sure. Okay. Okay. So what's the worst career advice you've received?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's, I mean, there probably is some somewhere. I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, someone once asked me. Well, they didn't really give me advice, but they kind of asked me if I wanted to. You know, like, are you sure you want to go to a company like Facebook so early? Don't you feel like you might peak too early? That was like a thing, and someone once said to me, "It's like, mm. oh, this is interesting." Um. Uh, or the other things people are like, oh, don't you guys are still young, you'll figure this out and it's like, oh, okay, it's not about how young somebody is. Like some people really just want to achieve what they want to achieve because of whatever other thing. You know, everyone has their own timeline of what they want to do. Sometimes it might be influenced by your personal life, or maybe it is just your career. But either way, I think that's one of the things that I'll do somebody somebody's just like, don't worry too much. And I think there there's some some part of that which comes from obviously a good place of like, don't, don't get so bogged down. Yes. Like things just do fall in place. But you know, some yeah, I think there's these are some of the things that I kind of feel like have sat with me for a while. Where sometimes I'm like, I don't want to get too complacent just because I think, okay, there's always gonna be time. Because if I can do it now, then I want to do it now. Um, yeah, so. I'm not sure mm. if there's really much of bad career advice, or like really, really bad, that I've ever received before. But there's just some things that have stuck with me.
0: Yeah, no, people sometimes it's not advice as such, like you're saying, but it's just a passing comment, and you're like, yeah, you need to know how to filter certain things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 what has been the biggest sacrifice you've ever had to make for your career? <laughs>
1: uh. Oh, um, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I think it's really difficult because there's some things I don't necessarily see them as maybe a sacrifice, but it's more just, okay, I just want to put this over that. But maybe, I mean, maybe some elements of personal life, right? Like I, I don't have, I don't have children. Um, but also for a really long time, right? I didn't really know if I wanted to have children so maybe I'm not sure if if I'd consider that a sacrifice I'm gonna think about it now but like um, I also don't really know how serious I am about it you know so I don't really want to kind of lingering mm-hmm. it too much in the sense of, oh, you know, I didn't get to, because I that wouldn't be that wouldn't be very um honest because it's I mean I think about it here and there in passing and I do think, okay, maybe now might be the time for me to make that decision. I can't keep procrastinating. If I want to, maybe I can just think about okay, maybe in five years. But I just haven't really, you know, I think I've neglected to think about those things and make decisions about those things. But I don't know if I'd necessarily say it's um a sacrifice in a sense.
0: Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. That definitely makes back, sense. Can I turn so, the
1: same question on you? <laughs> you're gonna ask me. You want me of to answer the question? Yeah. I. I mean, I'm curious, right? Like, um, I wanna maybe <laughs> see what what <laughs> this podcast is about. You. <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> okay I, I, um, I want to learn you know also so <laughs> okay I've um, oh my I know I,
0: and I asked this question quite a lot I've never really thought about it let me see I think um the biggest I mean and I hate it admit, actually yes I, I know I know what it is um I think I, 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 was, I was I once worked at a place that I love so much and I was so loyal to that I definitely sacrificed. I would say financial gain. Um, the like I like. I don't know if it's a global thing, but I think it is. Um, when you move companies and when you make like strategic moves and stuff like that, there is a financial gain that comes with it. And staying in the same place for too long, you do sacrifice that. Mm-hmm. And for me, I like. I feel like you as was not necessarily a sacrifice, but. Um, it was a choice and I was very conscious of the fact that I'm going to prioritize my happiness right now. And I'm very, very, very happy here. Yeah. So I didn't really, I wasn't strategic enough with my moves w- during that time that I was there. And I feel like I was sacrificing um, financial gain and possibly even going up this ladder faster because I was just, I just wanted to be happy and I was comfortable and yeah, that's definitely what I would say. Yeah. No, are, are, you, are, are you Sorry. Sorry.
1: Oh, I was saying. I was saying. Does that does that does that answer your question? (laughs) Does yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, because I mean, I guess it's a good um, it's kind of a good trigger. So, because when I think about it now, I have a lot of friends who also sacrificed their happiness, right, to to stay in a particular role or to be not necessarily in a specific company or role, but like just in a in a certain industry. I got friends who used to work Mm. in finance. I had this friend who actually told me, um, you know that. He got to a point where his health, you know, was deteriorating because he was always at work sleeping maybe two, three, three hours a night, to a point mm. where he just would just get nosebleeds in the shower. And it's like, what? When that story started, it's like it was up until that point that he then realized, okay, yo, this is really unhealthy. Um I don't know. I, fortunately, I haven't had to experience that. But like you know, this is also maybe why I don't see some of these things as sacrifice. Because when I really look at some of how far mm. a lot of people um have had to sort of put certain things aside just to to make you know work work um has been yeah mm. it's it's not it's not comparable I guess for me from my experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay, so take us through what have been like the major highlights and lowlights of your journey
1: oh um highlights i think to be honest i think since i since i started i think my career in tech um i feel like i've experienced a lot more highlights i think that this is kind of where i feel like i the environment that i've been working in a zone which kind of encourages people to you know there's this thing of a be authentic self and it's kind of like okay so who am i you know because I, I i was had always sort of had this idea or notion that when you go into a workplace you have this thing of this is this is who you have to be at work right you're the person who come, even like you know, it shows in the way people like dress right like in some industries you can't just go to work in jeans yes. you you need to come through with a tie and and a pencil skirt or whatever and i always felt like okay that's clearly me but it feels like maybe that was imposed a little bit because of like i mean now where i'm in an mm. environment where it's like i can wear whatever i want i don't i've i don't think i've ever worn a pencil skirt to work you know so it was kind of like those things of now you have choice you have a lot of choice and so like you get to decide who you was and, and it just felt like you know I don't know. Uh, I think that that's kind of what I, that was, that's been the biggest benefit was that that kind of prompted me to start thinking about who I am, the things that I care about, causes that I care about, like why I care about certain things. And, um, the low lights, um, I would say, I feel like the low lights have come from you know, actually, when when um uh, my sister passed, you know, during my academic career, it it kind of jolted me a little bit, right? And in that situation, I kind of feel like from that point, I kind of carried a little bit of a pressure of, you know, um she couldn't get to do what she wanted to. She was trying to be a chartered accountant. She couldn't get to do what she wanted to do, and I kind of felt like a lot of a lot of my motivations came from. At least, if I can succeed for both of us, if I can try and you know what I mean, and it, like make it worth it for 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 the two of us, would be a benefit for me, whatever it is. And I think from that point, I didn't really make proactive moves in terms of career planning, right? And I that's how I maybe have fallen mm. into certain roles and stuff. So I think some of the lowlights are for me are that like missed opportunities to really think about. What do I want from my career overall? Like, what am I envisioning? I'm now on this road. I I had a picture when I was thinking about, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing in law. I had a vision to the point of, okay, I'll be a partner somewhere, uh, you know, managing partner eventually, maybe a founding partner of my own firm, and then eventually a judge. Path set, perfect. And then I moved and I was like, okay, so what's the deal over here? You know, and I didn't take the moment to really Mm. make that same, you know, um, deliberate choice in thinking about that. So I think those are maybe some of the low lights that I think I've I've experienced. Kind of maybe looking back in hindsight. In the moment, yeah, yeah, Just- yeah.
0: And what's a what's a what's a big mistake that a mistake or like a failure that you've gone through? Um, because I feel like you know with social media we're always. We, we always talk about the highlight reel and all the great moments but we don't need really to talk about our mistakes and our failures or missteps whatever it is but more importantly I also want to know what you learned from that.
1: Um Okay sorry. I'm I'm gonna ask you to kind of repeat the question so I really understand See okay, okay. if, if I understand yeah. So so tell me about a
0: mistake that you've made or a failure that you've gone through and what you learned from it.
1: Um okay so I guess uh Failures, God, there's so many. <laughs> um, there honestly are. Uh, I think. Oh, wow, it's actually way too many to even think about, and let's even think of just one. uh in the moment, but I, I think. So I mean, it's just professionally or even just personally. It can be personal. Um. So I, I think I think a lot of my personal f- failures have um, kind of been more of an influencing factor in my professional life rather than the other way around. So I guess maybe the first is, you know, not not finishing, I guess, my... Um, I guess was some of the things that I had planned for my academic career in the way that I wanted to do them like the timeline and stuff that to me those things felt like failures in the moment because you know I like I said I I had a path right and it, it was it only had that one <laughs> sort of way to the end and I didn't really think about what other things could happen I mean you know you always think about it in theory like yeah of course anything mm-hmm. can happen but really where I want to and it's like okay but what well, if anything does happen, then what's your plan? And I never really thought about those things. So when I didn't get to finish in the year that I wanted to graduate with all of my peers and stuff, I kind of did feel a little bit like, ugh, you know. Um, but now, um, in hindsight, I realized that actually, looking at how the world has sort of changed, I'm, I'm maybe glad that I didn't... Um, you know, force that because I feel like I was kind of in that narrow minded, okay, this is what I need to do. This is the next step and this and this and this and this. And it's like, you can't really plan life like that. or At least, I mean, if you want to try and plan life at all, I just don't think that's the right way to do it. I was very, very narrow minded in that moment. Mm. And I think the benefit that's or the lessons that have come from that have just been, you know, it's, it's actually okay. Things will break um, a lot of the time. And now I feel like I, I don't, I feel like I don't, I don't get bogged down so much. I don't wallow in that, in that uh, failure as much anymore. I find it quite, find it much easier now to just be like, all right, cool, well, that didn't work out. But I need to strike a balance. I think the struggle is striking a balance of, okay, that didn't work out, but maybe you can try again as opposed to acceptance. And maybe I might move to acceptance too quickly as opposed to pushing back a little bit, you know, trying harder um so yeah i think that that's yeah this is a those are a few of the failures i guess i oh i also recently tried to start like a chocolate you know confectionery thing on instagram and stuff that also failed uh too many lessons there even though it was something i didn't even push that far it's like i get so excited about something and then when it comes to you know making the plan i get back to that point where i'm just like i don't want to plan too much because if it doesn't work out you know but, yeah, I think those are a few of the things and, that I feel like I've experienced which have somewhat manifested into good lessons.
0: Mm, mm, I know. Nice. I love those. Yeah. I think it's as long as you're you you you're able to look back and find the lesson in it, I think that's incredible. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard in the moment, firstly, and it's, even looking back can be difficult. But I'm glad you you got those lessons out of those moments. No, Definitely. Okay, so now we are at my favorite part of the podcast. Okay. So where I get to ask you my favorite question, the reason why I ask this question comes from my favorite quote. I feel like I said favorite like 10 times now. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite yeah, okay. quote ever is, be who you needed when you were younger. Mm-hmm. That is a quote that I tried to live by. And that's because as much as we can never go back and change time, I believe that if there's someone we needed to see or something that we needed to hear when we were younger, then there's probably someone out there who might need that today. Yeah. So I want you to tell me, if you could go back and talk to Younger Tandi, it could be you at the age of like 5, 8, 18, 20, doesn't matter. It could be you yesterday. <laughs> you were younger yesterday. Um, if you could go back and talk to Younger Tandi, what would you say to her?
1: Um... I think, oh God, I felt there's a way oh wow, there's a lot of things um the first few that come to mind is you want know your traumas um, I think that's the first thing that I would um I would say, but I would probably at that point have to teach my younger self also what traumas are, but you know, um mm. because i I think I you know, the, I had a way of just looking at the world um, in such a... And maybe it was very optimistic, you know. I, w- I don't think I was very, very pragmatic when I was younger, you know, even like with the whole thing of like planning my life in one way and it's just like, okay, well, that's not realistic. But also, um, you know, living for what I thought I should be doing, you know. Um, and interestingly enough, I actually also... So the other day, uh, a quote that also stuck with me, you know, and I kind of thought about it random moments, which is just a lot of people who are are either on their deathbed when they're a lot older, when their biggest regret is usually about how they live their life for other people, maybe how they didn't necessarily, you know, pursue their own wants and needs um, first. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I would tell my younger self. To be honest, I would tell my current self because I still do this, um, where sometimes I think too much about what what's the right thing to do from an objective point of view? But I'm not living my life objectively. I'm in it, right? So a lot of the time, sometimes you need to really think about what makes sense for you to do, as opposed to, um, I put my hindsight in decision making a lot. Where I'm like, if I when I look back, will this decision have made sense? And it's like, well. It'll only be the case depending on whatever it is that I do now, right? That's how that will be affected. That's how I will get to that point. And it's it's really difficult because you you become too objective. You would look at things. What what the, what's the thing that makes the most sense or justifiable? And sometimes it's just what do I want to do and just do that. Mm. Yeah. And I hold back a lot from doing certain things or posting certain things or saying something just because of that, you know. And so I catch myself in those moments, but. That's what I would tell my younger self. I think it's just, um, you know, one don't be don't be a product of your traumas, and number two, just live for live for yourself.
0: Mm, oh my gosh, I'm smiling because I can 100 relate to that. I was literally no joke having this conversation with my best friend yesterday. Yeah, and I'm this, I'm exactly the same way. So sometimes I, every time, sometimes when I have these conversations, I'm like, I feel like the timing is just. I feel like it's for me, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I can 100% relate. And it becomes, even, sometimes it even becomes difficult to figure out what it is that you want because you've never really given it thought because everything has been so rationalized and, and yeah. justified and logical in like the decisions you've made. And I'm, I'm at that stage too, where I'm now being, sitting back and I'm like, wait, what do I want? Because I've never really, really sat and thought about logic aside, rationale yeah. aside, what exactly, if I could do anything, what is it? I don't know what that is at my age. And it's interesting to go through that journey. So thank you so much for
1: sharing that. I feel like it's something that I needed to hear too. Um, I'm more than happy to to share because I do feel like that's one thing I think a lot of people, especially, I think in an African community, a lot of people struggle with that because everything always has to come from a point of, um, like what you're saying, rationale. But sometimes... Mm. You can't rationalize everything, at least in my opinion. I don't think you can rationalize everything. Some things just are. Mm. And you just have to, okay, it's like, you know, circumstances sometimes just happen. And like, you know, it's like a statement. Okay, I was I saw this from Grey's Anatomy. Someone was like, you know what? People always oh, I love say, Grey's Anatomy. why do bad things, right? <laughs> it's like, why do bad things happen to good people? And it's just like, you know, this question is asked so many times that it's become a cliche, but it's true. Bad things do happen to, to good people. And it's like, okay. This makes sense. Like, things do just have, like, you can't rationalize it, right? Because by that logic, certainly, you know, karma and whatever else, you you know, people subscribe to, ideally, it should be that good things always happen to good people, that people get their karma. If if you're a really horrible person, that's what's going to come back to you. But it just is sometimes, right? Like, and nobody can just explain why. Why is a popular mean girl always the one that gets all the favors (laughs) or something? You know what I mean? It's like, Yeah. yeah, it is. And yeah, so I think there's that thing of like in our culture, because we also have a really good, strong sense of community. It's like you do for the you, you don't your life is not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Your life is for the service of the community and for other people, your family, whoever. And I do believe in that for sure. But I do think that sometimes people need to think about, you know, what what also makes sense for you, because you do also need to live for yourself.
0: Mm, absolutely. I was also thinking about the fact that like a lot of the times our parents um, lived in survival mode you know and it's weird when we don't necessarily I mean some people some so, well some people but we don't necessarily have to be in that survival mode but you were raised in survival mode so now now that you don't need anymore you look at and you're like oh wait I can actually do anything. I I'm I'm okay. I'm so I don't have to live in that realm that i was brought up with or whatever the case is so yeah
1: mm. and like i also don't want to underestimate the fact that there's a there's a benefit sometimes in living in a world that is uh, where the rules are already you know written out for you because it's less to think about you mm. know what i mean if you think about it, sometimes people do certain things to simplify their lives right they're like um I always think about this analogy of when people talk about a lot of tech CEOs who wear the same things all, every time, you know, they have the 55 of the same white t-shirt or whatever of the same jeans. Yes. And so it's like, why? It's because, you know, you're making so many other decisions every other time. You might end up getting decision fatigue. So reduce the things where you have to constantly make a choice about something. But so sometimes it's nice to just have that, right? Because then it's easy to sell through. But I feel like when it's to your detriment, it can be, a, well, when you when you do it to your disservice, um, then that's when it can be a bit detrimental. So I don't want I to undermine the fact that sometimes, mm. yeah, I guess it makes sense. You know, some people are like, this is a life that's- It does make sense. Me And mm. this is it. and I'm happy with this and I'll do it. But breaking away from that is mm. good.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Um how can our listeners um get in touch with
1: you follow your journey Um so I would I mean I I am on socials but it depends I mean I guess it depends on what the person wants to see I and mean, if you want to just follow my professional journey I guess LinkedIn is the best place to find me um I'm on LinkedIn I'm Tandiati so T H A N D I uh N Y A T I and um Uh, I guess if it's more just, you know, the other things that I do. I mean, sometimes I talk about the things that I do at work because I know sometimes people are really, like, uh, just want to know. And I feel like tech is one of those things where people don't really get an in, right, to see what what, what happens. What do you do all day? You know, that type of thing is still a bit of like a... a mystery um i do sometimes try and like share little gems and as much as i can share about what i do so if you want to see that you might be able to see, follow me actually on tiktok so i use like our products and stuff like as well uh from the company that i work for or on instagram it's, it's the same so it's tandy uh, on tiktok and tandy on um Tandy Yeti on instagram but i have an e on my tandy on instagram oh no thank you so much thank you so, so much for sharing your journey and sharing
0: your story with us I Thank you so much for having me. I've honestly
1: enjoyed
0: this. Thank you so much for listening to she Brigade. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend you think will enjoy it too. You can also share it on your social media and tag us at SheBrigade. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so feel free to email your questions or your suggestions to info at or DM us on Instagram or Twitter at SheBrigade. Until next time, bye!